Salutations and Ave, welcome to Babylon Rising, a show about witchcraft, sexuality, and creativity. Before we get into this episode on the subject of spirit vessels and sexuality and magic, a topic that I am so fond to discuss and I'm sure you are excited as well, I would just like to remind everyone listening that this show is supported by the Patreon patrons who donate a few dollars a month to help me make this show and I really appreciate their support. Now, this episode is definitely a continuation, in part at least, on the subject of demons and sex and sexuality, which is a subject that has come up quite a number of times on the show, and I wanted to maybe elaborate on how some of these ideas can be put into some kind of practice in case that was something you also felt was missing from the last few episodes on the subject. For sure, I think at least that this type of magic, including sexual or sensual practices in your magic, can be such a vector for creative and spiritual and sexual expression that can really enhance ourselves and our practices um, and our relationship to our divinities. And in my case, that would be demonic divinities. Part of the ideas that are included in this episode um, came up because I was reading a bunch about like medieval erotic magic, which is like a very interesting subject if you can get through. uh, I guess some texts are kind of dry, but the subject matter is interesting nonetheless. Um, And there was a specific spell that I was reading about, um, which included uh, fantasizing about the face of a beautiful woman. It was just something really interesting that stuck with me, especially since I was also reading about fetishes, and I don't mean a sexual fetish, um, or like the, uh, uh, the way we describe, like, sexual fixations, Um, well, I guess I mean that in part, but I mostly mean the, uh, anthropological sense of the idea of fetishes, as well as the spiritual sense of a fetish as an icon or representation, and also, at one point in time, a way to denigrate the mental capacity of Black people, and also, also a way to a way for white colonists 
uh, to consume the bodies of black people and in particular uh, like black women I mean women in, in quotes there right um, but there are all these interesting ideas I wanted to make an episode um, inspired by uh, various types of uh, sexual practices and magic and I thought that it would be interesting to talk about iconolatry and I th I figured that fetishes would be an interesting part of that conversation and then I started researching fetishes and just all of the directions that that goes and I realized it would be better off its own episode there's just so many layers like I said the idea of a sexual fixation the uh, racism element in the way fetishes have been conceptualized over the years, um, and the sort of, uh, I don't know, I guess you could say ideological view of fetishes in terms of, like, um, like, goods and services, uh, and fetishization, uh, of of goods and services and such anyways the point is i thought that it would be interesting to talk about fetishes spiritual fetishes and iconolatry in this conversation about demons spirit vessels and sexuality and then i realized i bit off way 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 more than i can chew <laughs> and so that's going to be uh, a future episode the subject of fetishes however we're still going to talk about spirits vessels and iconolatry because that is still a really interesting um and i think good place to go if you're looking to incorporate sexuality into your magical practices as um a tool for your own spiritual journey i mean i think i in part brought this up in not only the previous episode about demons and sex but also in the episode where I discuss chaos magic, I believe um, sexual pleasure comes up there because I believe I ended up talking about sigils and sigil magic. And uh, as a little bit of a refresher, if you're looking for ways to include uh, like sensual pleasure and sexual pleasure in your magic, um, like specifically as a way to like explore your relationship to sexual pleasure or sexuality sigils are also a good practice to incorporate and what i mean by that is in case you're not familiar that uh oftentimes the practice of working with sigils involves coming up with a symbol or a code that represents a particular magical goal or desire you would like to achieve and activating that in your life through um sort of either through focusing on this symbol you've constructed at the moment of uh i guess orgasm yeah and this is meant to sort of um it's meant to sort of power the spell you know if you break down a lot of different types of magic you can find an element of sort of like 
activation, like when you blow out the candles on a birthday cake after you've made your wish, um, in sigil magic, when you are using sexual pleasure for that, the moment of orgasm is you blowing out the candles on the cake. Um, it is, it isn't just a way to like end the spell. It is also like part of the activation process. Um, and so sigils are a great practice that I highly recommend if you're interested in this sort of, uh, area of practice. And I know plenty of people are who listen to episodes of this show. I think like as, as much as like using, um, like sexual pleasure as a tool in magic, that's like also something great. And I think it is also like, it can also be not just a tool for any other random goal you might have, um, but also a tool for like actively exploring your relationship to your body and to your sexuality. I think that's something really important to keep in mind with like a lot of practices that we do. Um, especially since a lot of us can be very, uh, head in the clouds, pie in the sky kind of people. So I think being in your body as a spiritual practice, um, can also be fruitful, uh, for some people at least. I'm really, really hoping that through this episode, um, we can sort of put together the concepts and ideas that I've previously discussed, like on the subject matter of exploring sexuality, exploring our relationship to demons and to darkness and to pleasure and desire, but through the practice of like icons and vessels as well so like um putting these ideas into practice through the um creative and potentially sexual and spiritual practices that we can create through uh working with icons I think maybe I should have done a definition at the top of the episode, but we're still more or less at the beginning, and I'd like to define what I mean when I say a vessel or iconolatry. And what I mean is the common spiritual definition of a vessel being a person um, or thing or object that is being especially regarded as holding or embodying a divine essence. You know, in the case of people and persons, that would usually mean um, some sort of prophet, or if you're doing like invocations and you yourself become the vessel for that spirit or demon, I mean, not necessarily, we won't necessarily be focusing on that line of thinking, but that's, you know, just something I want to bring up to mind. Um, really the focus this time is more, um, art, uh, statues, uh, icons that we can sort of create through our 
creative and magical powers and also imbue with these divine or infernal divine qualities for the sake of our practice. And if you're maybe curious why I keep um, using the word iconolatry alongside this discussion of vessels, it is because, and I've brought this up a number of times on the show, I, myself being uh, the type of practitioner I am, I'm very comfortable reclaiming uh, terms that are associated with spirituality and associated with demonizing various so uh spiritual practices um especially with myself having grown up in like christian or catholic spaces um it was very common for people to accuse each other of iconolatry of worshiping icons um instead of appreciating the fact that it is I mean, like, such a common religious practice for human people to, even if it isn't a um, humanoid figure, like a statue or a painting or something of the sort, there are plenty of um, non-human religious icons that we have. Um so i mean it's not an especially evil or other othering practice but it was very common for me to hear uh my non-catholic family members deride catholicism because they worship icons and look at here in the bible the bible says you know whatever whatever i mean not the most relevant i mean i don't mean to go into detail about like uh, theological disagreements in Christianity, but it, it is true that, like, this idea that, like, images and icons, um, when certain other people use that in their spiritual practice, it is strange and other or evil or demonic. And so I feel comfortable using that kind of language in, um, in sort of defiance of those uh, expectations it's the same reason why i associate myself in this show with necromancy um plenty of folk traditions around grief and death uh get recharacterized as necromantic um as a way to deride or denigrate those practices So, you know, I just feel comfortable to reclaim those terms in defiance of those expectations and also to take advantage of those expectations, which is like undeniably something that plenty of Satanists or demonolat oh my gosh, demonolaters, I'm, I cannot pronounce today, I don't know why, plenty of people um, have that as part of their practice and some people don't. I just wanted to explain why, in this case, I am using that term, um, so do keep that in mind. Now, I myself am also, like, a chaos magician, and I like to think a lot about the the mental effect that magic has on 
ourselves and our realities. And in terms of an icon uh, or a spirit vessel that you've created for yourself through sculpting or through painting something or through wood burning, um, whatever, like you made your own doll or you refurbished a doll. I have plenty of like broken doll parts that I do little, you know, spiritual things with, whatever. Maybe you've made a poppet for yourself. Um, you've sewn up a little humanoid figure and uh, filled it with maybe your own like hair or nail clippings, or maybe you had a spiritual vision, you scried or went on some kind of spiritual journey, and you saw, you had a vision that you turned into a work of art, whatever that means for you. Um, I think even, you know, adjacent to that context in terms of items we have that are sentimental or hold some kind of sentimental value to us, all of these things have a, a an effect on us, a powerful effect on us, you know. Um, this is another reason why, like, using the idea of an iconolatry to, like, denigrate people is so frustrating, because if I have, like, a keychain on my keyring that I really value um, and has a particularly strong um, emotional effect on me. It's not. It's not really about the key ring and the keychain, is it? Now, it's about the way that this has become a symbol of a moment in time that is maybe important to me, and that's you know, it's lighting up certain pathways in my mind to certain memories, and that's what's actually meaningful to me. And it's less about the key ring, although the key ring certainly helps a lot, you know, I'm sure we all also have uh, similar experiences of like finding a random piece of junk that we had forgotten was in our possession and we hold on to it and all of a sudden we're like, I remember how I got this. I remember this came from this particular circumstance and oh my god, how could I have ever forgotten? Um, and it all just comes right back to you after interacting with this particular object. We can use um, and I think a lot of us do, even maybe not intentionally, we can take advantage of um, this, like, seemingly typical human response of, like, relating objects to particular memories um, or feelings uh, or just moments in time that we hold fondly or dearly or maybe even, you know, this also works in reverse, of course. Um, sometimes I get mad and I throw things in places and then I have to clean up eventually one day and I find something and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember like two weeks ago, this pissed me off and I threw it away. I like, I don't mean threw it away. Like sometimes I just get irritated and I toss things and they fly into corners of my room and I don't see them again until I eventually have to clean up and I'm like pissed off all over again. Right. Like this is powerful. This is powerful for so many people. Um, whether you're like a particularly sentimental person or not, I'm not the most sentimental person. Um, and even I have experiences like this, right? 
we can take advantage of the fact that this is such a common experience for our spiritual purposes and uh, tap into this process and use it to connect us with either infernal forces or any other divine uh, or infernal beings you might be interested in working with. Um, and that this is just like opening my mind. I'm getting to like the part of the episode that just makes me so excited to think about. I love when we as magicians can play with these different elements that um, can be mundane or they can be like very fancy or ceremonial in nature. Um, and it's all connected to uh, these like experiences that are just so common and we're just taking advantage of them further and we're just pushing them further for our spiritual goals in particular or to access certain um, divine states of being, right? So this is in connection to sexual practices in particular and so the idea is that you construct your spirit vessel, you evoke the essence of your divine being of choice um, into this vessel, and it becomes an object of focus for um, like that moment of sexual ecstasy, which you would also take advantage of in that heightened space if you were doing magic like sigil magic. It's a very similar idea that you use all of these heightened like emotional and mental states to sort of catapult you into the spirit spiritual sphere, right? Um, you're taking advantage of just, you know, a couple of different mental states at once, right? This uh, object of like powerful memory recall and also this you know particular moment of sexual pleasure the other like really fascinating thing is that a spiritual tool like this gets like more powerful as you use it as you take advantage of it right which is interesting because in terms of sigil magic, it's not uncommon to like discard a sigil like unceremoniously after you're done with it. Um, so it's interesting to use that sort of similar process, but in the context of these spiritual vessels, I mean, it's very interesting. I think in a future episode, I like to further discuss the sort of way we can think about ourselves as spiritual vessels. I mean, I guess I'll, I guess I'll get into it now, actually. Why not? So I've talked about invocation. Well, I actually cannot remember if I discussed invocation or evocation on this show. Actually, I think it was evocation, which I mean, supposedly I use this way of speaking as well, but the difference is meant to be that an, an evocation you are meant to um, communicate to a spirit drawing it like into your space and an invocation you're meant to draw that spirit into you um, and in that case you are becoming 
you are creating yourself as a spirit vessel. And it is also true that even when you are not intentionally focusing on uh, invocation, anytime you're choosing to spend a lot of your time and energy on a particular spiritual force, it does tend to influence you. I think that's why, like, plenty of people feel uncomfortable uh even just like knowing about certain types of spiritual practices they're just afraid of what its influence might do to them i mean demons is a good example um people can get really squicked out by just knowing about like any for any reason a particular practice might be uh distasteful to people and they might freak out at even knowing that someone else practices that i think that's really interesting it's like they're subconsciously afraid that even just learning about it will influence them. Um, which, you know, also part of why study is its own form of spiritual practice. So keep that in mind. Back to vessels and uh, sexuality and such. Uh, so, or, sorry, we moved on from that. We were discussing creating yourself as a spirit vessel. I mean, if you think about it... Uh, there are so many ways that we adorn ourselves uh, with clothing, with accessories, with makeup, with the way we are deciding to carry ourselves in a certain moment or time uh, that we can have be influenced by focusing on specific spirits or like from the opposite direction influence these other aspects of ourselves in order to provide easier access to those spirits. It's why a, like, you might want to take into consideration how you dress for rituals, especially invocations. Um, that is also something really important to consider. I mean, it can be like, I'm definitely, every once in a while I do a ritual and I'm like, I want to be comfortable Every once in a while I do a ritual and I'm like, I want to be fancy. Every other time I'm sky clad. <laughs> so, I mean, there are a lot of ways to approach that. It's just could be interesting or important and it could add a lot to your practice to consider that. Um, if we are discussing yourself as the spirit vessel, you know, if you are trying to divine maybe you're doing some automatic writing or even if you are doing a tarot reading however you are choosing to take advantage of your moment of invocation it can be interesting to think about how the reverberations of that interaction um the the process of invoking a spirit into yourself um how that reverberates through your life because it isn't you know something or i guess best case scenario it's not something that just affects you that one time it's also interesting to think about performing an invocation um making yourself that spirit vessel and then also taking advantage of some kind of self-pleasure um as a part of that process think about what's going on there spiritually in terms of this sort of uh, weird human and also divine uh spiritual sexual unification um 
these are all ideas I am hoping give you inspiration on how to enhance your own practice or maybe help you think about something a little differently. Uh, because as I've said many, many times before, a uh, big part of Babylon Rising is to help enhance people's spiritual practices. I have created paintings um, and I've used those as big parts of my spiritual practice, uh, not necessarily in a uh, like sexual context, um, but nonetheless creating a like particular spirit vessel um, and like doing that through creating something yourself, I think can be a very powerful practice. I know people can feel very uncomfortable with that, you know, like, because I think for me, every step of the way, being able to enhance your practice by constructing something yourself and imbuing it with that demonic or divine uh, or infernal energy yourself, and then making that a part of some kind of spiritual self-pleasure regimen to achieve your magical goals. I mean, and then thinking about every step of the way, how you can enhance that magical practice. The other thing is you don't have to use every good idea all at once. Um, although it can be a benefit to you. It can also be too much all at once to implement. That's also the case as well. Not to say that every time I do a ritual, I do the most every single time. It depends on your approach. If you're going, you know, ceremonial and like sort of more folk practices, they're on a spectrum, right? And you're going to tilt more one way or another, depending on maybe what your goals are or what you'd like to get out of um, your spiritual practice in general, right? Um, and ju it just so happens that for me and uh, maybe you, but I don't know, uh, sexuality and gender are a big part of my spiritual life. And so I care a lot about that. Like I'm immediately thinking about how gender expression and invocation intersect with one another. Um, which is interesting, especially when you uh, consider the fact that many demons um, and deities even have um, aspects which uh, flow along the gender spectrum, right? Um, all very interesting and powerful if you choose to take advantage of it, right? I think I'm going to return to this subject of course but I think that's it for now this was a great episode for me to record I hope it was great for you to listen to I hope it was helpful and if you have any questions comments or concerns you can always email me at babylonrisingpodcast at gmail.com you can always find me on instagram at venus.libitna where I live I live on instagram I'm there all the time that's how I personally choose to waste my time. Um, I mean, I'm not always wasting time there if I'm talking to you guys, but you know, I'm just on there so often. I see everything. Um, anyways, and also I want to once again, thank the Patreon, Patreon patrons who support the show and keep the podcast 
continuing to podcast. Um, if you are interested in any of the things I've just mentioned, I always link my contact info and Patreon page in the episode description of the podcast. So if you're curious, go on right ahead and check those out. Until next time, Ave Babylon. Babylon.